This is a Watchdog Morning Show Rewind. Here's Howard Monroe. Mike, good morning. Welcome to the show. How are you this Monday morning? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on again. The uh, let me, a couple of things I want to just just kind of ch- check off my list here. Uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, the s- super slim down version of Build Back Better, with Joe Manchin and Chuck Schumer finally were able to work out a deal on, passed the Senate, then passed the House this weekend. But um, none of our elected Congress people chose to vote for it. Uh, do you think the Inflation Reduction Act, as it's called, will be beneficial to West Virginia? I think that's a huge understatement. I'm, I think it's going to be disproportionately beneficial uh, to West Virginia. I, I can't for the life of me understand why Alex Mooney and Carol Miller and, and even you know even David McKinley, who has been more of a, uh, been, you know, more of a moderate over the years, and, and, and Senator Shelley Moore Capito, why they refuse to support this legislation. There is so so much that could help the average West Virginians, uh, help working West Virginians in this bill, and it tells me that they're just putting partisan politics ahead of uh, ahead of policy that will actually help West Virginians. And we could start with allowing Medicare to negotiate lower drug prices. That's going to help thousands and thousands of seniors in the Mountain State. Lower prescription drug prices for our seniors, yet our Republicans in Congress uh, can't seem to even get behind that. They also couldn't get behind. In fact, they killed the provision that would have capped the cost of insulin as well, but the Republicans weren't, didn't even let that get through to, to a vote. Yeah, I mean, we've had the same thing happen up at the legislature. We've had uh, bills to, to cap the cost of insulin, and we wanted to lower it, uh, cap it even lower. And, of course, we had to negotiate with the Republican supermajority to raise the price of insulin, life-saving insulin uh, for, for diabetics in, in the mountain states. So, yeah, that's not a surprise that the Republicans would fight against something like that that actually helps people. But, I, I mean, I can't for the life of me understand why. Uh, you know, we, we talked about allowing Medicare to negotiate lower drug prices. There is a, a $4 billion investment uh, into the coal communities. A lot of that's going to be coming into, into West Virginia about diversifying our economy, about creating new manufacturing jobs, creating new energy jobs, about putting a major investment into our state. The Republicans can't seem to get behind that. Instead, we hear them, uh, you know, uh, whining about uh, and, and, uh, basically being a mouthpiece for the Coal Association. And, you know, let's get one thing straight. With the Coal Association's opposition to this is because it actually requires coal companies and the people who own these coal companies to fully fund black lung benefits right. permanently for people who have been harmed working in their coal mines. So the Coal Association, is, it's not the Coal Association, it's the Coal Owners Association. And that's why they're the ones who are pushing you know, their, their Republican uh, uh, lapdogs uh, into uh, whining about this bill. This bill is great for West Virginia. It disproportionately helps people in our state. They should have been fully behind it. Mike, your point about coal association is a really good one, and I've been really hitting home on that lately. Um, you know, we have been almost brainwashed over the years. You know, coal is West Virginia. And I, we, we forget that the concerns of coal miners are extremely different than the concerns of the coal industry. And the coal association represents the coal industry, not the miners. And somewhere along the way, we've got to 
you know, instead of universities saying coal is West Virginia, we've got to understand we, we want to support the mining industry. We want to support the people who work in the mines. But it doesn't mean giving everything to the to the industry itself, and that's what a coal association represents. Yeah, but, but that's the beauty of the Inflation Reduction Act. It actually does help the coal industry. If you if you if you want to count into the coal industry, it's the communities impacted by it, but the miners and their families, and the coal companies themselves. There's the money in here to diversify our energy portfolio, and that means carbon capture. Uh, that means putting money into new technology in the coal. It doesn't just simply phase out coal. It it uh, it. it diversifies you know the the the, the, the energy portfolio it acknowledges the fact of, of you know market that you know what's going on in, in the market across the world and this does i mean we've done a tremendous disservice to the coal communities in the state by simply putting our head in the sand and ignoring what was going on in the world around us this puts money into those impacted communities and is going to create uh more jobs in the energy in the in, in the energy sector while um, you know, fully funding uh, black lung benefits and also putting money into new technology for coal. The, the bill is actually good for coal, uh, but it, who doesn't like it? Uh, the people are going to have to pay a, 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 the, the, to, to benefit, the fully to fund, fund the black lung benefit. Yeah, to take care of the people who've been busting their backs working for them for years. That's what they don't like about it. But, Mike, I, I know this because I heard commercials about this, so I know this to be true. This, uh, this uh, Inflation Reduction Act is going to put a crushing burden of new taxes on American citizens. Oh, that, that, that's the furthest thing from the truth. How it's paid for. Actually, okay, I'm glad you brought this up because you know, there's a lot of, of great stuff for West Virginia in here. And, you know, it's not even it's not that it's not revenue neutral. It is revenue positive. It actually addresses the deficit. Because what it places a a a, a minimum fifteen uh, percent corporate tax on, on the wealthiest corporations who we know often skirt their fair share of the taxes uh, through all sorts of loopholes they're able to find. This simply says the lowest you're going to pay, or you know, you're at least going to pay fifteen uh, percent. And you know, you know, working people uh, have been uh, you know footing the bill for these corporations who've gotten away with paying nothing for years. This is simply a fair tax system that just everybody should be able to agree with. This is cutting out the loopholes, saying these wealthy corporations have to pay at least 15%. Another way that it's funded, it puts a 1% excise tax on, on stock buybacks when corporations are buying their own stocks. It puts a 1% excise tax. So is it going to raise taxes on, on their average on, on any people? No. You know, unless you say a corporation as a person, it's not going to raise taxes on on working West Virginians. Now, nobody's going to see their taxes go up, and that's what not just pays for the bill; it also puts money towards the deficit. You know, Republicans like to you know, call themselves deficit hawks and say they're con- they're concerned about the deficit until they get in power, and then they can't you know give a tax break to their wealthy donors fast enough. That's what they do, and that has you know the, the previous administration drove the deficit up. This is a this bill reduces the deficit while addressing inflation. Well, the uh, bill did pass. Both the House and the Senate now goes to President. I said President Bush. I don't know why that where that came from. My 
<laughs> it goes to President Biden. You had, you had a flashback this morning, Howard. Jeez, I don't know what it is. I live in the past sometimes. Uh, President Biden for his signature, which he will get in the near future, and then it becomes law. And it's, it, it is good for it is good for West Virginia specifically, and really it's, it's a pretty good bill across the board for average people. Maybe not so much for the corporations, as you say, who have to fund some of this stuff, but and yes, there is a tax increase on the big corporations. It's not even an increase. It's just setting a minimum tax standard. So uh, that's a pretty good deal. Uh, Mike, I, I, I want to shift gears just for a second. Um, Democrats proposed last week that there be another, not another this time around, but that there be a constitutional amendment to let the voters of West Virginia decide if they want to uh, continue to protect the right to an abortion, essentially. Am I correct about that? Yeah, it will be uh, both the, uh, the combined uh, Democratic caucus in the West Virginia House and Senate uh, came together to put out a message that, you know what, the, the Republicans have two supermajorities, and they have the governor's office, and they call for this special session. At the last minute, they add uh, abortion. They add the reproductive freedom of, 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 of women and patients across the state. Uh, you know, as part of a tax deal, they add that to the call. Yet, with two supermajorities, they're unable to pass a single bill. Uh, while the taxpayers, I think, are now up to about two hundred thousand dollars for this special session, uh, were unable to pass a single bill. We said this is such an important issue, and the Republicans can't seem to agree on on how bad the bill should be. Let's let the voters decide. Uh, so let's find a way to put the issue of, of reproductive freedom on the ballot. The ballots don't get sent off to be printed until much later this month. There is still time. If we were able to, go, if we were to go back in this week and pass a resolution uh, and, you know, and put that constitutional amendment on the ballot, it can be done, and we can let the people decide their own fate. The uh, special session is—I don't know what word to use—is basically on hold right now, um, while the abortion issue is still being debated behind closed doors. I guess looks like the income tax issue is dead. Um, is this have you? Is, are the rumblings of the special session getting back on track at any point, or is it just going to fade away? I don't know. From where I'm sitting, uh, I, I'm not seeing them get back on track. I believe our uh, you know, uh, Senator Baldwin, Minority Leader Baldwin, referred to it uh, quite appropriately: the special session as, as like a, uh, a a slow motion train wreck. Uh, and that's why it came completely off the rails, and I don't see it getting back on the rails. I, I mean, in the House, they're, they're fighting over who's going to be the next speaker now over this. Yeah. They have not been able to come together on this bill. It's, and like I say, it's too important of an issue to let politicians decide. So we, we simply call let the people decide. That's what we're asking. Well, I, I'm sure you've read the commentary today by Hoppe Kirchival at WVMetroNews.com. He takes the exact opposite approach. He says that it's the responsibility we don't live in a democracy. We live in a republic. We elect we elect our representatives to make these kinds of decisions, and that you're you are kind of suggesting circumventing the system by going straight to the voters on this instead of letting the elected representatives hash it out themselves. Well, they were unable to do that. We had a special session. It's a, the, the taxpayers are on the hook for about two hundred thousand dollars with two super majorities. Uh, the Republicans can't seem to decide on just uh, how bad the bill can be. They can't decide if they want to uh, threaten uh, doctors and nurses and health care workers uh, with felonies and, and prison sentences. Uh, they can't decide if they want to grant a, a humane exception for victims of rape and incest. They can't, they can't really come to a, uh, an agreement on this, so let the people decide. So I, I, I disagree with Hoppy, and, and uh, I think we should uh, 
you know, let the people vote on it. We are a democratic republic, and we do elect people to, to represent us. But we also are at heart a democracy, and certainly there are issues, and we do it all the time. We have four of them coming up right now this already this fall. Constitutional yeah, issues go before the voters. I heard you say that our own Secretary of State couldn't couldn't uh, explain the four constitutional no. amendments. That's laughable. No. I, uh, I ask him. I ask him to do. It's pretty hard I, to understand. It's about uh, clarifying the roles during a uh, impeachment of the judiciary, which uh, unfortunately I had to sit through. The second one, of course, we all know about. Uh, that's about allowing the legislature. Uh, to do away with certain property taxes, mainly aimed at helping out-of-state gas and oil corporations, uh, which will harm our counties and, and basically defund public education, defund our, our, our fire and emergency medical people, and it will defund the police in many cases. Uh, the third one has to do with the incorporation of churches, and the fourth one is about a power grab from the legislative branch over the state board of education. It, yeah, I had forgotten that fourth one. That's a pretty important one, too. The legislature wants to try and take greater control over education. We've seen what a good job the supermajority has done with education in the past year or so. Let's make sure they have greater authority, right? I mean, yeah, um, yeah, and the point is we do vote on a constitutional amendment. We do vote on issues. We voted on, you know, county by county. We allowed the people of West Virginia to vote on Sunday hunting. We have voted in certain counties where there are racetracks on table games. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have voted on Sunday alcohol sales. We do allow the people to decide, and especially in the case of you know the reproductive freedom of more than half of our citizens here in West Virginia, and the Republicans can't seem to figure out just how bad to make the bill, let the people decide. That's all we're saying. Mike, isn't it a bit of a gamble, though? I mean, the truth of the matter is, in a deep red state like West Virginia, um, you put that on the ballot, they may very well overwhelmingly vote down the proposal you make. But the people will have that decision, and not politicians down here in Charleston. So you're you're willing to roll the dice on that? I I, I, I don't call, I, I call it democracy. I don't call it rolling the dice. I'd say letting the people decide. I think that the Republicans are gone way past where most people are on this. Most people don't want to see a complete and total ban on abortion, and that's what the Republicans are, are, are working on right now. Uh, most people uh, want to see at least humane exceptions for victims of rape and incest. Uh, the Republicans in the House couldn't seem to figure out how to uh, – they couldn't come together on that uh, in the Senate as well. Uh, the Republicans in the House wanted to put uh, the threat of criminal penalties, prison sentences on our doctors, nurses, Healthcare workers. We have too few doctors in this state already. The Republicans want to put them in prison. I think we should let the people decide. Yeah. All right. Well, it's going to be. Um, I don't know where we're going next. So, so the uh, special session may or may not get back in, but we're already we're not that far away now from the regular session. Uh, another couple of months, and you'll be gearing up to get back into into Charleston again. Well, thank God we have an election before that, so maybe we'll have a slightly different cast of characters up here next year to, to be able to actually work together and pass a bill. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. All right, Mike, I appreciate your time this morning. Anything else you wanted to share with me before I let you go? Uh, just wanted to let people down here know, if anyone's in this part of the state, we've had some really 
heavy raining overnight. Uh, it's been flooding mm-hmm. in both Kanawha and Putnam, but other parts of the state. I saw some yeah. pictures from over in Fayette County. I just want people to be very careful as they're traveling. And, you know, if you see high water, do not attempt to drive through it. I just want everybody to be safe, and uh, I'm praying for everybody that's affected by these rains last night. All right. Mike, thanks for your time this morning, as always. I know we'll talk again in the near future. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much. Listen to more interviews and rants from the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on Apple Podcasts.